0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, uh, whenever it is you happen to be watching this uh, or listening to it. Uh, My name is Steve Taylor, one of the vicars of St. James Alperton, uh, and it's a pleasure to be speaking to you today. Uh, Let's pray before we uh, come to look at the Bible together. Almighty God, we thank you that you have promised to give wisdom to any who are As we ask you now for your wisdom, as we come to read your word, and as we seek your voice and your heart, would you come close to us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we have uh, taken an unusual step this week, we have changed the Bible readings. Um, I now realize that for those of you listening on the landline who get your notice sheets through the door, uh, those readings are out of date. uh, And for that, I apologize. Uh, For everyone else, it is, as it says, everywhere else on the website and on the notice sheet and wherever else it is on the internet. Um, All around the world but especially uh, in America and uh, here in the UK. You can't avoid the topic of uh, George Floyd, uh, his murder uh, at the hands of a police officer, uh, and the protests that have been going on ever since uh, against systemic racism. The barbaries we had for this Sunday were perfectly fine. Uh, But it just seems appropriate for us to address this uh, as a church community uh, which has dealt with racism, experienced racism, um, and tried to heal from racism uh, over the time that uh, I have been here as vicar, but I know also uh, before that too. And so therefore we are using uh exodus chapter 2 and verses uh, 11 to the end of the chapter Um, and then we are also using uh, job interestingly also chapter 2 and then for the new testament we are looking galatians uh, and we are using the passage from galatians chapter 3. i will reference them as we come to them we're going to go to them in order um, interestingly uh, when we're in ordinary time often at our Sunday school uh, they do different they use different readings use different stories um, and we are stealing their story this week uh, and looking at it in our sermon now so I mean the key question is what does the Bible have to say Uh, about Black Lives Matter? What does it say about slavery? What does it say about racism Uh, and our calling as individuals, our calling as a church? Um, Yeah, I'm not going to answer that uh, satisfactorily uh, or even in part today, but I will do my best to open up uh, the passages that we have Uh, that have come up through either through Kids Church or through uh, our evening prayer, and looking at the the experience of St James, and through that try and draw out a little bit of what I think the Holy Spirit is saying to us, uh, and how we can respond as Christians. So to start off with, let's look at the Bible, let's look at Exodus chapter 2, and this is part of the early story of Moses. So we have literally just had um, the dramatic rescue uh, of Moses from the soldiers where he's hidden in the basket. The basket is put in the reeds where Pharaoh's daughter will find him. uh, And we see that he's going to be brought up uh, in the palace, which is fantastic and keeps him safe. Uh, Meanwhile, his family are still in slavery. And so in our reading today, we see Moses going out and seeing uh, a slave driver mistreating an Israelite worker and being incensed by it. And in fact, being moved to rage. And so uh, the Bible says, um, after looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. Now, it's interesting because I don't know how you reacted to the images in the news and the stories that we've heard since uh, of people uh, dying because of police brutality, of people suffering uh, because of racist uh, attitudes and systems, uh, people uh, suffering in a number of different ways i don't know what reaction that brings out in you Um, but what we have here in exodus is moses seeing something that is unjust seeing something that uh, should not be allowed and there's a reaction in him which is an emotional one but it's interesting though it's not one that's completely spur of the moment so he is angry he sees this is wrong, he wants to do something about it. But he also stops and has a look around to see that no one's watching before he then attacks and kills this Egyptian um, slave driver. There's been lots of talk about whether or not uh, rioting is ever appropriate uh, and about. What happened in Bristol with the statue of Edward Colston who made his money through the slave trade uh, being toppled and rolled into the docks and people saying that's that's not okay that's that's breaking the law that's that's going too far and that's we're calling people of peace Uh, and others have come back at that and said that Martin Luther uh, Martin Luther King said that Uh, The riot is the voice of those, is is the the communication method of those who have no voice. Uh, There is something about uh, our systems and our processes that has not allowed people to feel heard. Uh, And so there are protests, the protests are emotional, uh, the way the police interact makes a difference. Um, But you can see the emotion in people as they are protesting, as they are wanting to change things from how they are and wanting them to be different now. And actually, uh, Moses in this, he sees someone suffering and he wants that to be different. He wants that to end. And so he steps in and he kills the man who was uh, abusing the Israelite. Now, I don't think anyone is looking at this and saying, Moses did the right thing in fact uh, with kids church what we talked about uh, is that this sees moses just it's too much and he's scared and he knows that he's he has done something wrong and he's in trouble so he runs away and he flees into the wilderness Um, but interestingly although it's clear that he's done something wrong um, and actually you know, when he tries to break up a fight between two Hebrew men and they say, well, why are you allowed to be our prince? You you know, you're gonna kill us like you killed that Egyptian. He clearly has no authority because uh, of that mistake, because of that crime he has committed and he runs. But he doesn't run beyond God's purposes. He is not beyond forgiveness, he's not beyond uh, being the, the major prophet. Uh, of the Old Testament someone who meets God face to face so there is a reaction to injustice which is visceral which is intensive um, and which sometimes leads to action which isn't right and I think we do have to acknowledge that that sometimes in our anger at injustice we can sin But, I would also say that I say that uh, as a privileged white man um, who doesn't suffer racism, um, who has had all manner of privileges, uh, both in uh, my upbringing, my education, uh, the fact that I'm able-bodied, and the colour of my skin, it means that there are various hurdles that have not been put in my way. So therefore, I do not want to judge anyone's actions. What people do is ultimately between them and God as judge but in the Bible we have recorded for us someone seeing an injustice and having to act and acting wrongly and then having to live with the consequences of that so Exodus we see an immediate response to injustice so let's skip through to Job. This is Job chapter two. And so literally we've just seen a second conversation between Satan and God, which says that, well, okay, Job has lost his family, he's lost his money, but he's still healthy. If, he's, if he was ill, if he suffered disease and pain, then he would curse God. And so God gives Satan permission to curse God Job's body and for him to be in pain, for him to suffer boils uh, and sickness. And his wife tells him, curse God. Why on earth, what what good does it do you to say, uh, praise God, when you are suffering in this way? It's ridiculous. Uh, And he insists that he will not curse God. Why would he um, bless God only when good things happen? Now this reading came up in evening prayer this week. And the key thing is, at the end of chapter 2, from verse 11 to verse 13, three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered. They got together and travelled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognised him. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into their air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. I was really struck by that this week. Uh, As someone who is not suffering racism myself. uh, All the the racist stuff we're talking about, the, the, the things that people are struggling with, are not their fault. Racism is about people being judged and treated differently because of the color of their skin. So this isn't about people Doing something wrong and having consequences of it. It's about them um, Dealing with the negative consequences of how other people judge them uh, and the way that systems work and the way the institutions run but um, They haven't deserved it. They haven't called for it So for me, as a white man, how do I respond? What should I do? And I think there was something of God this week in Job being our evening prayer readings. And Job's friends came and they just sat. They sat with him. And actually in chapter three, Job speaks. And there's a whole chapter, which is just Job saying how he feels and what, what is going on inside and what he is suffering from. Now, I don't know about you. uh, When I hear someone saying they're having a hard time, they're struggling, uh, I'm often very, very quick to offer advice. It's like, oh, well, if you could just do this or this, uh, then that that would help. And that's partly because I want to be helpful. Uh, It's partly because someone's got a problem, then clearly it needs fixed. So uh, here's a solution to fix your problem. Uh, It is, Ali and I have been married 20 years uh, and we have often had the conversation where she is sharing something with me and I try and fix it. And I'm told, stop. just want you to listen. I just want to be able to say what I'm thinking and what I'm going through. You don't need to do anything, but I do need you to listen. And there's been lots of talk this week from uh, churches and from different parts of society with uh, particularly white people saying we need to hear the stories we need to understand we need to listen as opposed to telling everyone how it should be fixed and what needs to happen next now i was reminded that uh, a few years ago maybe 18 months two years ago at St. James, uh, we invited people to share stories of how they had been discriminated against, whether that was because of um, the colour of their skin, which it was for some people, uh, whether it was because of their level of ability or disability. Uh, we had one, which was just about uh, the area that she came from, um, and because she lived on the estate, she was treated differently in church than those who came from somewhere else. And we printed these one a week in our notice sheet as a way of trying to hear people's stories, trying to understand what people have been through that has formed them, that has shaped them, and that reveals something about the bits of society that we don't see. Because if we don't listen, if we, how will we know? Because what happens to other people won't happen to me because I'm not them. Whether it's about uh, what you're able to do with the colour of the skin or your gender uh, or your age, I will not experience what other people experience. To understand it, I need to hear them and hear their stories. Now, I remember very clearly that that was an uncomfortable season at St James. Uh, for lots of people, um, they didn't enjoy that. Um, they didn't like hearing about negative things, particularly when it was about church. And there's a sense that, you know, well, we're trying to reach out to people. We're trying to say to people that church is a good place to be. So we we, we shouldn't be letting them know that there, there can be racist uh, discrimination inside church. We shouldn't let them know that people are treated differently for different reasons inside church. Uh, because then they wouldn't want to come. Uh, and my argument then, which I would still hold now, is that, well, what we need is truth. We need to know each other. Uh, and what we didn't want was for people to suck it up, to pretend it didn't happen, it didn't bother them, that they were okay, um, and, you know, church was fine. Because actually if we heard how someone felt when we said a certain thing or we did a certain thing or we sang a certain song, Actually, that would inform what we did. Uh, I had um, a text message, a, a, a sim, just a really simple answer, text message three weeks ago from someone saying, thank you for the notice sheet, Steve, but you did uh, green text on a white background. And if you're colorblind, you can't read it. And I said, I text back, I, I'm really sorry. I was trying to jazz it up. Clearly, <laughs> I just in a way that was jazzy for me, because I'm not colorblind. Uh, and so we've gone back to uh, white on black and black on white for the notice sheet, so that actually everyone who's part of St. James can read it. But until that person had messaged me and shared, this affects me and it doesn't work, I couldn't change it. So actually, we need to hear each other's stories. And... Um, and a, last, a last story about this is that you, you know that I'm a school governor and I regularly attend governor training. and um, There was a session at our last uh, training session on what they called unconscious bias and what they wanted to do was to examine um, the ways in which we view the world, things that we take for granted, things we assume, um, and they started by saying, so. Can you write down any ways in which you've been treated differently because of the colour of your skin? And I thought, oh, right, I've been talking about this with St James. Oh, I could tell you some stories. Um, and the person who the person uh, leading the section uh, was Black Caribbean, and she said, just just to give you an example, um, let me tell you about uh, my son's car and she said my son uh, when he turned 17 we got him a car Uh, but then before he went out in it we sat him down and we had a chat Uh, and we talked about what he should do when the police pull him over and talk to him at the side of the road and she said that, you know, within six months, he'd been pulled over a couple of times. Now I learned to drive in Cricklewood uh, and I've driven all around, Willston, Fry and Barnet, uh, Hendon, Golders Green, Buswell Hill, never been stopped ever in my life. Um, and I have to say that I found that session hard because at that point it's like, well, I've got nothing to share at this point. I am in a complete place of privilege Um, and so actually what i want to do is listen and hear other people's stories about what's happened to them Uh, since this news broke i have phoned uh, several members of st james just to say are you okay Um, and particularly um particularly those who are from a a black caribbean background uh, and those who've got sons um, it's like how's that affecting you, are you okay um, what's this do for your emotions and we've talked about uh, the experiences their sons have had uh, and about how that's impacted them, about times they've been held back or times they've not been given opportunities and it's really valuable for me to hear because unless I ask why would you share these things a number of times when we've talked about culture we talked about race um what it's come to is people said well it it's little things it's the way people look at you it's about whether you're invited into something it's about um you know the tone of voice when someone speaks to you and well you just dismiss it you you just you don't think about it because you know otherwise you'd be reacting to stuff all day and the thing that has been happening at the moment with Black Lives Matter is about actually people saying no no this is we're being treated differently and it's not okay and actually there is racism uh, not racism in terms of individuals using bad language towards black people but actually we have systems and institutions where we all have preconceived ideas and we're educated in certain ways Uh, You know, I went through uh, school and university and we always learned about the Romans, we learned about the Tudors, we learned about uh, World War II uh, and the Cold War, never did anything about colonialism, never did anything about um, Africa or South America. Um, I mean, schools are trying to broaden their curriculum, but it's just, I'm ignorant of a lot of that stuff because it's not part of our regular education programme. We've got other priorities, other things that are thought of as, as more important. And so it's worth having the conversation about, so who decides what's important? When is it? When could it change that sense of what is important, what needs to be taught, what needs to be understood, and what we share? So coming back to Job, I bet his friends get a hard time. All the way through the book of Job, they are, are, God just says, worthless. The stuff they say, rubbish. But I love that their first response is just to sit in silence with Job. And then to listen to him. I think there is something going on at the minute about our need to listen. uh, And to not let people's voices be silenced. So we've looked at Moses, we've looked at Job. So let's look at St. Paul. Um, Actually, as we get into ordinary time, uh, I can tell you that we're going to be looking, the readings go, they follow Matthew's gospel, and they follow the book of Romans, which we're not looking at today. But I love the book of Romans. Uh, There is so much amazing stuff in it. But a large part of it is paul writing to a church that is very multicultural lots of different people and he's writing to say yes you're from different backgrounds yes you've got different ways of doing things but you are now one people it, read read romans from beginning to end if you can it, it's not all that long um, just to get that general thrust of paul's writing it is beautiful and i think really really relevant uh, but we'll come to that over the month to the come. There you go, something to look forward to. Uh, so, today I want us to look at uh, Galatians, and it's chapter 3, um, and it's from verse uh, 26, where Paul's been writing to the Galatians who are struggling with do they need to be Jewish to be Christian? Um, how does it work? And he writes this. In chapter 3, verse 26, For you are all children of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. I've included this reading because having looked at those responses to injustice in Moses and Job, I wanted something positive just to, to lift us, to give us something to aspire to. And. Um, when people are saying black lives matter, obviously people come out and say, all lives matter. It's like, yes, that's true. But it's about recognizing where certain groups are are being oppressed, they are suffering, they are on the receiving end of injustices. And actually the Bible says, we need to sit with those people and we need to then stand with them against those injustices. I mean, coincidentally, uh, today, uh, Sunday, The fourteenth of June is the Go Green for Grenfell Day. Uh, If you want to know more about that, then that's going to be on the St James Facebook group. Uh, I will include something in the notice sheet that's gone out. Um, But where the church is asking us to ring our bells and to light up our rooms with green light from our computers as a way of showing solidarity with those who lost their lives. the Grenfell disaster Uh, and with those who are still suffering now who are struggling because who pays the cost of changing cladding who who organize this who fights against the uh, the people with the power the people who uh, own the property who develop the property who keep the property and the church has said we need to stand with the people uh, who have suffered and the Grenfell tragedy, and we need to make sure that they get justice. We need to make sure they are supported uh, in their desire to live uh, in peace uh, with a sense of security in the homes that they live in. Uh, and so I would encourage you to take part in that. Uh, but that's not to dilute uh, the need to look at racism in the UK, racism in the church, uh, and about how we make the decisions that we make Uh, i mean it's as we've lost bishop sentimu uh, as archbishop of york um, we have lost a senior black uh, bishop and i don't no one's coming up to replace him stephen Cottrell is a wonderful man and i'm so glad he's archbishop of york but we do are back to having two white men at the top of the church of england Uh, locally in brent uh, francis from St John's Wembley has moved on to Edgware. Hyacinth from Tokington has retired. Uh, actually, our deanery has become whiter since Ali and I came here um, than it was before. We've just celebrated the retirement of Reverend Amelia Jacob, uh, and it, it was the right thing to do. God said to her, Well done, good and faithful servant, aunt. absolutely. And I pray for her future ministry. But it means that St. James, where a couple of years ago we talked about the leadership of St. James, and it was uh, myself, Ali, Amelia, and Ajay. It was half white, half Asian, half male, half female. Um, you know, I value the fact that at the moment our church wardens are a black woman and an Asian man. Uh, we have always looked to be, to reflect the diverse community that we are at St. James. But that means that we need, we need to share our stories of suffering. We need to share the pain that we feel. Uh, we need to speak when uh, someone says something that makes us feel like we are not welcome, uh, that we are not part of things. Uh, and we need to continue working to be... The children of God, the children plural, of God. I love Galatians three twenty seven. All who've been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. That's not to say we're colorblind. We forget what people look like. We are different. We have different cultures, different experiences, different preferences, and that's fine. God has made us different and diverse, and praise God for that. But on top of all of our experience, on top of all our culture, we are putting on Christ. And when we look at each other, we see Christ, as well as the skin colour, the language, the culture, the way of doing church that might not be the same as my way of doing church. I'm so proud of St. James. I know that our journey here has been difficult. Uh, and when we've come together to worship, some people have just said, actually, I'll, I'll skip that week. It's hard trying to worship in a different language. It's tr- hard trying to worship to someone else's song that you don't know. But when we do, oh, we come to such a wonderful place where people feel the presence of God in a different way, where people feel welcomed and acceptable to God in a different way because their language, their culture, their music is being used from the front. During the pandemic, it's been harder. Because we can't meet together and actually, I don't know about you, but life is harder in lockdown. And so therefore, I want what is comfortable. I want what is easy. I want what I like. But we are still called to be God's children together. As we are, the people that we are, the cultures that we are. And so we are going to keep on striving to be one church and right now that will mean hearing people's stories of where they are suffering where they have um, felt injustice and oppression and if that's us if we have experienced those stories i would encourage you to share them and we will try and find ways as a church of making that easier of Uh, of helping that to happen Uh, and I would uh, say to you look for the notice sheet uh, look for what's that message we are going to try and organize some things over the coming weeks to allow space for people to share what they have struggled with what has been difficult for them and the idea is not to wear hair shirts it's not to beat ourselves up but it's to be united because as we listen to each other if someone listens to you and gives you their undivided attention, you can't help but feel valued, feel reassured that you are okay, that you are, that they like you. And we are called to love one another and so that means listening to each other. So, in, in summary, Moses saw injustice and had a rush of blood to the head and Having done that, he then ran away and said, no one, can, no one look at me, I'm beyond the pale. But he wasn't. And actually God said, no, I want you to go back. I want you to set my people free. But you're going to do it by going to speak to the person at the top. Job was suffering and it wasn't his fault. His friends came and sat with him and said nothing. And waited for him to share his pain, his struggle, his heartache. And Paul wrote to the Galatians, saying to them, you are also different, but there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no slave and free. There is no male and female. All of these labels are insignificant compared to the new one you have received as you put on Christ. Like an amazing dressing gown that just covers you completely you are the children of god that is our calling each one of us and anything that leaves us leaves one person feeling like they're not invited they're not included we have to stand against that and we have to very deliberately include them a number of years ago and i will properly End after this. There was a program on the BBC, a discussion, uh, is the church institutionally racist? Uh, And various people tuned in and watched it. And one of the guests on the program was the Reverend John Root, formerly of this parish. Uh, And he spoke very simply and very clearly. He said, Yes, the church is institutionally racist. Because actually, to not be racist, to not be prejudiced, You have to take specific action to reach out to those who are not like yourself. You have to hear them and you have to work out how you include them into what you do. I know that's what he strove to do while he was here at St. James. And that is still our mission. Not just say, I like everyone. I don't say anything rude to anybody. I'm not racist. That's not the point. The point is that unless we are... Deliberate in reaching out, deliberate in including people, we will exclude people. So, having said, I can't preach on this as a white privileged male. Um, I'll just say I'm grieved by the things happening at the minute. And I want to hear the stories of those who are suffering. And I want them to tell me how I can stand with them in making our community, in making our society, one that is fair to everyone. That too is our calling. Let's pray and ask God to have mercy on us and to lead us forward. Let's pray. Almighty God, I confess to you today my own blind spots, my own assumptions, my own prejudices. And I ask you to lead me in how I should go. Lord, would you help each one of us to share our own stories of hurt And to listen to the stories of others. Almighty God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. That as your children we might put on Christ afresh. And follow in your ways. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as in heaven.